Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Historic Supreme Court term will have a generational impact. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, Holly, we have just experienced the most historic term of the United States Supreme Court in our lifetime by no question in terms of the positive generational impact that it has and will continue to have with respect to the First Amendment free speech free exercise of religion, establishment clause, and the pro-life issue as well. Yeah, Adding within, all those together, it's incredible. Within two months, you've seen most of what Liberty Council has fought for since its founding finally come to fruition. Yeah, if you go back to 1989 when we founded Liberty Council and we worked on these issues before the founding of Liberty Council, the reason for Liberty Council was to defend and advance and strengthen the First Amendment right to freedom of speech, free exercise of religion, overturn the Lemon Test from 1971 that did incredible damage to both of those clauses, including the Establishment Clause, and overturn the 1973 Roe v. Wade abortion decisions, and then later on the 1992 uh, Casey abortion decision as well. And all those have come to pass, though the work is still happening. It's not over. <laughs> all of that came to fruition between May the 2nd, our shirtlift case with 9-0 to zero win regarding the Boston Christian flag, and June 27, which is the Coach Kennedy case. And in between those was the voucher case and the June 24 case overturning abortion. Incredible generational impact. You know, it's so hopeful too, Matt, because you think, oh, things are not going so well in, you know, the White House and in our government. But yet this is a great, uh, this is going to have a great impact for generations to come. Well, and I think it's an encouragement for people. And I've been saying this all along, but you know, it's hard when you say it and it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. It's easier to say it when it has happened. But I've said this all along. Don't get discouraged by little minimal losses. There's a we're in this for the long term, right. and I've learned that you know many many years ago. Uh, we're, we're in it for the long term. We're working on building or rebuilding the wall, the brick, the house, if you will, one brick at a time. We saw that coming down the road when President Trump, you know, nominated those three Supreme Court justices. That right. was historic, right there. And it's a multi-pronged approach. It's developing legal strategy. It's uh, working on elections. It's then mm -hmm. when you get somebody in office working with that person in office to choose the right justices or judges for appointment, and it's working with the right people, getting the right people in Congress. So it's a multi-factor type of approach. If you go back to the issue of the early 1990s, we found a Liberty Council in 1989. 1990, there was a terrible Supreme Court decision that weakened the Free Exercise Clause significantly, the Smith decision. Unfortunately, it was written by Justice Scalia, the worst decision that he ever wrote by far. Uh, it was a terrible decision. Um, he was very, very good on most cases, but this one was really bad. And it really weakened uh, decades and decades of First Amendment free exercise. So the problem was we were relying upon the Free Exercise Clause at the time, and so what do you do? 
we pivoted. I pivoted, and another attorney, Jay Seculo, pivoted. And we were the first two in the country to do this independently. And we began to focus on the free speech viewpoint in the context of religious free exercise. That free exercise of religion also was a speech component, and then you had viewpoints on that. The basic idea, you see that in Coach Kennedy, you see that in Shirtliff. That was manifested in both those cases. In the Kennedy case, you had free speech and free exercise religion. In Shirtliff, you had free speech. Both of them had the same issue. In the Boston Christian flag case, you have the idea that you can fly the flag as long as you change on the application the designation of the flag to a non-religious meaning. Mm -hmm. Call it the Camp Constitution flag, you can fly it. Hal Shirtliff with Camp Constitution. Call it the Christian flag, you can't. Same flag, different viewpoint. Same flag is permissible if you think it's secular. Same flag's not permissible if you think it's Christian. Government speech versus private speech. So that's your viewpoint discrimination. The flag's permissible. It only depends upon how you view the flag. It's a viewpoint on the subject matter of flags. And the same thing with Coach Kennedy. You can kneel down and think about where you're going to order pizza for the gang after the football game. That's permissible because that's a secular thought, I guess. Uh, or you can kneel down and think uh, prayer thoughts to God. That's not permissible. So it depends upon your kneeling's okay. You can kneel down to a, a protest uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. That's okay. But if your kneeling has a religious viewpoint, then that's not okay. And so that was both free speech, free exercise of religion. That case cited our Shirtliff case. And that case, between the Christian flag and the kneeling coach, Coach Kennedy, you have free speech strengthened, free exercise of religion strengthened, and you have the 1971 Lemon Test overturned. That test made war against the free speech and free exercise of religion case. How? Well... It was a gloss on the Establishment Clause that they said, uh, this is how we're going to interpret the Establishment of Religion Clause back in 1971. It wasn't in the Constitution. It was judge-made or justice-made. And it resulted in removal of nativity scenes, Ten Commandments, words and symbols that are religious. And it came up in the Christian flag case, in the Coach Kennedy case. Why? Because they said, well, we as a government must censor your religious viewpoints. We can allow anything else, but if your viewpoint is religious, particularly Christian, we must censor it. Why? Because someone will think that we are endorsing religion and establishing religion, i.e. the lemon test. No, that's unconstitutional. And so now the lemon test, 51-year-old test, is gone. Hallelujah. Free speech is strengthened. <laughs> Free exercise of religion is strengthened. This is what we've worked for since 1989. Right. They buried that lemon test. As Scalia used to say, they'd bring it out of the closet to scare people. Well, now it's gone. It's buried. And Justice Gorsuch, actually, in his concurring opinion in our Boston Christian flag case, he had a great description of what the lemon test was. He said, how'd the city get it so wrong? He says, to be fair, at least some of the blame belongs here and traces back to Lemon v. Kurtzman, issued during a bygone era when this court took a more freewheeling approach to interpreting legal text. He goes on to say, Lemon sought to devise a one-size-fits-all for resolving establishment clause disputes uh, that 
project bypassed any inquiry into the clause's original meaning, it ignored longstanding precedents, and instead of bringing clarity to the area, Lemon produced only chaos. And he goes on to say that it's ultimately like a children's game. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Start with a Christian scene, a Christmas scene, a menorah or a flag. This is in your video game. So it's like a children's game. He's saying this is what Lemon is like. And you start off with a, a scene that's a Christmas scene, a menorah or a flag. Then you pick your own, quote, reasonable observer avatar. In this game, the avatar's default settings are lazy, uninformed about history, and not particularly inclined to legal research. I love this. His default mood is irritable. To play, uh, you have to expose your avatar to the display and ask for his reaction. How does he feel about it? Mind you, don't ask him whether the proposed display actually amounts to an establishment of religion. Just ask him if he feels it endorses religion. If so, game over. So it was really about feelings versus constitutionality or not. <laughs> yeah, how the judge felt. Judge would impose their own ideology into this issue. Well, we feel like it's this today, so we're going to rule this way. <laughs> yeah, he says that this uh, illustrates the problem. The flags of many nations bear religious symbols. So do the flags of various private groups. Historically, Boston has allowed them all. The city has even flown a flag with a cross nearly identical in size to the one on petitioner's flag. It was a banner presented by a secular group to commemorate the Battle of Bunker Hill. Yet when petitioners offered their flag, the city flinched to avoid a spurious First Amendment problem. Boston wound up inviting a real one. Yeah, because the Bunker Hill flag has a cross on it. Just like this. It's different, you know. Just like the Christian flag. So our Christian flag started this crescendo, and and it was cited in the last case of the term, we'll talk later about another case with regards to abortion, because that's huge. This is the most historic, generationally impactful Supreme Court term of our lifetime. It is something to cheer, to support, but now that we've taken additional new ground, we have to defend it because the other side is exceptionally angry. Stay involved, stay informed, and don't give up. LC.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. 